Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. Hello. Happy Thursday. Yes, this is Let's Go There. I'm Shira. That's Ryan. Where? Right there. Me? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> OMG, well, I'm alive and thriving after uh, was your dealing. Life in danger? Yes, it was actually, Ryan. Oh, okay. I almost got Here's scammed. The dramatics. Here's the dramatics, guys. <laughs> Let's buckle up. And this up. one was, I mean, this, this person really tried it. It's not a, a regular Thursday if Shira hasn't gotten scammed. <laughs> I mean, it happens so it, a lot. Wait, actually, hasn't happened this year. Last year, I got scammed. I clicked on something for my Facebook page, and then pornographic stuff started popping up. <laughs> I was getting alerted by all my friends. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. interesting. And now, my aunt emailed me, right? And she says, I'm out of country. A friend of mine got sick. I want to send some Apple iTunes gift cards to this person. Right. I'll pay you back when I get back. I was like, all right, this is kind of weird, but not that out there. Uh Actually, I should have realized when she said cancer of the liver. <laughs> cancer of the liver? Wait, okay. Someone who had cancer. Right. Okay. So I actually start, and then the, now she's kind of, and this was the red flag. If you're a scammer, don't ping someone over and over again, because now it looks like you're desperate. And this was over email? Yes. Okay. And I don't have her number, and so I was like, well, maybe she's out of the country. And so this person kept doing it. And then the emails started changing. Like, send, no, send it to this email. Did you call your mom? Who's well, I'm then? Who's so sister this is the it? universe made it so. And thankfully, Apple does this. They okay. co- I was about to pay. And they say, please confirm your payment. And then I said, wait a second. <laughs> it finally came over me. Right. Right maybe when you were about to send money, <laughs> it finally hit you. Maybe I should text my mom and her son to see if they're actually out of country. <laughs> Oh, and I did do that, and my my cousin goes, "Yeah, they're not out of the country." And my mom's like, "Yeah, she got uh, hacked," and so I go, "OMG!" I was literally about to press that send button, and uh, I emailed this person back, and I said, "You know, I'm very sorry for you. I know you're a hacker. really you you yeah, you went, I did. You I went said, Doctor Phil, I hope Oprah, you Super figure out Sunday how to like figure out your life. Yeah." What what makes you think that scammer who who is busy scamming is going to I sit know. down yeah. and have your email automatically change their lives? That's the thing. Or no, I I I now thought to myself, oh, if these folks are just annoyed, right? Oh, f this person. I'm gonna now hack them. You know what, Shira? Um... That's what happened right before the show. Yeah, I'm happy you didn't get scammed. Me too. Um, $400. But wow, I'm going to have to put you in a home when you're old because everything's going to happen to you. Everything's going to happen to you. I'm going to be, gonna be I'm gonna, such a target. I'm going to have people like literally 24-hour watch you and make sure you don't click things you're not supposed to click or send money to someone you're not supposed to send. You're going to be like, someone's going to email you being like, I'm your grandson. <laughs> and she doesn't even have kids. And I'm going to be like, I should send to my grandson. <laughs> Like, what is That's going on we got to be an old age home together so you can protect me. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Don't talk to the white woman. Please. The old white woman. Or do it. Maybe, maybe I'm going to be in on the scale. You'll be entertained by it. Okay, coming up on the show, I'm excited for this topic. We're talking about safe sex parties post-COVID-19, what they look like. That's at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. And Naomi Osaka is speaking out about her mental health break. That's in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky is warning that the Delta variant now represents more than 50% of U.S. cases, and that's up from June. 
This week, the Delta variant is estimated to be the most prevalent variant in the United States, representing over 50% of sequenced samples across the country, up from 26% from the week ending June 19th. And in some parts of the country, the percentage is even higher. Now, the National Weather Service issued a tropical storm warning for multiple counties along Maryland's eastern shore as Tropical Storm Elsa moves up the Atlantic coast. St. Mary's County declared a state of emergency today. Ahead of the storm, the state of emergency is a week long and will end at noon on July 13th. And finally, the death toll in the condo building collapse in Surfside, Florida, has risen to 60. And that's according to Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava. And that was told after authorities made the decision to shift the search effort from rescue to recovery. 80 people are potentially unaccounted for. And that's two weeks after the Champlain Towers South Condo building collapse, which is among the deadliest mass casualty building collapse in U.S. history. And that it doesn't include acts of terror or fires. So that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right, so Naomi Osaka, she is reflecting on her mental health break. Um, and it's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So in a powerful essay for Time Magazine, the tennis superstar discussed lessons she learned after being open about exercising self-care. She said this, lesson one, you can never please everyone. Uh, she wrote, the world is as divided now as I can remember in my short 23 years, which, oh, wow, you've lived a long time, girl. Um, issues that are so obvious to me at face value, like wearing a mask in a pandemic, are kneeling to show support for anti-racism, are ferociously contested. Uh, she goes on to say, so when I, I said I needed uh, to miss French open press conferences to take care of myself mentally, I should have been more prepared for what unfolded. Um, if you don't, aren't, aren't familiar and haven't been following the story, she announced in May that she would not be doing any press at the French Open. In order to protect her mental health, she later withdrew from the tournament entirely and weeks later decided to pull out of Wimbledon as well. And so, um, yeah, it's a it's a really beautiful piece that she wrote for uh, Time Magazine. I would advise everyone to go check it out um, because it's, it's really, really good. And I'm happy she's taking this time to reflect. And she also took the much needed time for herself because, honey, that is important. And at 23, I wish I would have known that. Oh, that's true. There- the knowledge is getting younger and younger. It's great, though. It's no, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Now, I'm done with the T-Report. I got more coming up next hour. But before I get out of here, I got to tell you, you're listening to Channel Q on the Odyssey app. I mm-hmm. know you are. Um, make sure to look for our new exclusive stations. Guess what? You'll find even more music to listen to, like, honey, my favorite, Beyonce Radio. It's literally music curated just for you off of our love for all things Beezus. Yes, Beyonce and Jesus. Um, There's also Lady Gaga Radio, Club Odyssey, I'm Too 90s for This Dance, and so much more. Simply download the Odyssey app and discover hundreds of new exclusive music stations. Girl, it's the best thing you'll do today. I'm just telling you. That's it. I'm done spelling. Okay. Well, coming up, we've got more on the ransomware attacks that are hitting businesses. What you need to know next with The Washington Post. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Another ransomware attack hitting businesses in the U.S. is putting pressure on the Biden administration to deal with these attacks. National security reporter Ellen Nakashima from The Washington Post joins us now to dive in. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So first, just in case people don't know what a ransomware attack is, can you just explain briefly? Yeah, it's a type of cyber attack where... A, an attacker sends malware to your computer that essentially locks up your computer by encrypting the data on it and then demands a ransom to unlock it, to, to give you a decryptor key to decrypt the data and give you your data back. Uh, it's a form of basically cyber extortion. Mm. And it's been, it's been uh, picking up over the last, five, six years, then it's reached epidemic levels and uh, really became, uh, uh, really caught national attention earlier this year with a major attack on Colonial Pipeline, which uh, shut, which ended up uh, with the company shutting down its pipeline, uh, which 
provided yeah. gasoline and fuel to much of the Southeast. So there were long lines and shortages. Right. Okay. So I guess when it comes to this moment that we're talking about now, and especially that happened last week, uh, for last week's attack, what what can what should we know? Who was really affected? Can you break that down as well? Because I'm I'm still kind of confused. Yeah. So unlike the colonial pipeline attack, which caught the national attention in a big way, and especially because a lot of uh, Ordinary uh, citizens in much of the Southeast were directly affected, couldn't find gas in their local stations. And then you, that was followed up by another major attack on JBS, a meat distributor or supplier, and there was a fear that there might lead to meat shortages. Unlike those two, this latest attack was on um, on, on a company that makes software that helps other companies manage your uh, or companies' uh, IT systems. You know, to keep track of your uh, of the way your your software your billing systems work or your email. It's it's just a another form of um, IT management. And that ransomware attack hit that IT software supplier, Kaseya, which is Miami based, and they in turn. Uh, because their software was in many other uh, third-party suppliers' uh, products, affected infected those suppliers, who in turn somehow got it out to some of their clients and customers around the world, up yeah. to maybe fifteen hundred. Wow! Not, so, not just U.S., Europe, Asia. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the Biden administration doing about this? It, this is becoming more consistent. So, what is their position? Well, so the, a, a big inflection uh, uh, point was last month, June 16th, when President Biden sat down with President Putin in Geneva at a summit. And one of the things they talked about were cyber attacks and the ransomware attacks. And Biden said he warned Putin that he was holding him personally responsible, holding Russia responsible for these attacks that originate within Russia, even if the Russian government isn't directly linked to the attacks because the the, the soft the, the malware the attacks themselves are being mm-hmm. conducted by criminals, not Russian state spies or cyber personnel. But nonetheless, Putin is telling uh, Biden is telling Putin, "You're responsible for holding criminal actors to account if they undertake criminal activity on Russian soil, just as the U.S." to, you know, goes after criminals and hackers and prosecutes them. Biden was saying he expects Russia to do the same. And then, you know what, just a few weeks, not even three weeks after that summit, this latest ransomware Mm -hmm. attack happened right on the eve of the 4th of July weekend by a group called Our Evil that is uh, is is thought to operate largely out of Russia. They're really low key. The are evil folks, you know. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess you know, with that said, like while we've put uh, uh, Putin on an alert, and we know this is possible, this is happening out of Russia. What's going to happen now if Putin doesn't do anything? How do we make sure this well, doesn't continue happening? That's a big question, right? Just it, first of all, how far is the U.S. willing to go to to show to impose credible, uh, you know, uh, uh, punishments or sanctions on on Putin on Russia if they do not do something in the near term? I mean, the Biden administration is is has issued very public warnings and that that raises expectations that that those warnings will yield results. And now Putin certainly has the capacity to crack down if he wanted. I mean just look at what uh, the Russian state did with Alexei Navalny, nearly, you know, tried to poison him to death. Uh, and yeah. the question is will Will Putin actually listen to the U.S.? I don't think mm. so, unless he feels that there is some big uh, price to be paid. Exactly. Well, thank you for that update. That was national security reporter Ellen Nakashima from The Washington Post. Have a great rest of your day. You as well. 
Now, coming up, as many states are ending unemployment, how some are actually suing and winning. We'll tell you how next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Since early May, 26 governors around the U.S. have announced they are shutting off enhanced unemployment benefits. They're blaming the extra $300 in weekly aid for keeping workers from working on the sidelines. Some of those workers have now sued and are actually winning. Joining us right now is Amy Peakey, a business reporter with CBS Money Watch. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, So this seems to be impacting a lot of people How devastating is this move to just rip away these unemployment benefits? Yeah, well, I've talked with some of the workers in the states where the unemployment benefits are ending early, and they're telling me that it is devastating. Um, Some are worried about becoming homeless. Um, You know, they're worried just about paying for food. Um, So it's tough. And, you know, a lot of them have told me, you know, this is a very complicated issue. It's not necessarily like they don't want to work, but people have a lot of things going on in their lives right now. There are parents with young kids. They can't get child care. Kids are out, for, out of school for the summer, um, and they, you know, their kids are home. Um, I talked with one worker in Indiana, which is one of the states losing benefits early, um, and he has long COVID. He got COVID earlier this year, and he's been struggling with his health just to get back to work. So it's not quite as simple as these governors are portraying, you know, that people are sitting on the sidelines taking the money rather than going to work. Um, there's still last, last month, there were more than 1 million people who said they didn't want to go to work because they were worried about getting COVID. In, in a lot of parts of the country, the vaccination rates are still very low. So it is a very real concern for some people, especially in those areas where the vaccination rates are low. Yeah. So if someone is, you know, I guess, what are people's options right now? Because if they are suing, how does that even happen? Like, how can they take those steps to do that to make sure they're covered? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, so far there have been four lawsuits in four states. There are 26 states that are ending unemployment early. And um, the two wins that we've seen so far are in Indiana and Maryland. And, um, you know, in those cases, uh, in Indiana, it was a legal aid organization that sued on behalf of workers. And in Maryland, there are actually two lawsuits where workers actually sued. Um, and so, you know, that's the first step is, you know, getting a lawsuit, finding the legal grounds to sue. And then, you know, the unemployment experts I spoke to said that they think these wins are going to maybe encourage workers in other states where this is happening to look to see if they have grounds to sue. But even though there have been these wins, um, they are, they're, they're basically what happened was, you know, lawsuits are ongoing in these states. And in Indiana and, Mar- Indiana and Maryland, the, the judge said the state has to continue paying out the unemployment benefits while the court case continues. Because as we all know, the legal system can take a long time, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get through a case. So basically what they're saying is while the court ca- while the case works through the system, the states need to continue to pay benefits because if they stop, 
these workers are going to suffer suffer incredible harms. You know, perhaps not be able to pay their rent, pay groceries, and and you know for other basics. So that's kind of where that stands. Um, so we might see more, but so far there have been four states with with these lawsuits. What about President Biden's American Rescue Plan? How does that help here? Well, the rescue, the American Rescue Plan renewed these programs. So there are several programs. Um, the one that most people are probably familiar with is the one that pays $300 in extra unemployment aid each week. But there's also the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Plan, which is for gig workers. And that's been hugely popular and really helped a lot of people, you know, Uber drivers, freelancers, contractors. These are people who normally can't qualify for unemployment aid. So that's been very successful as well. And the American Rescue Plan guarantees these um, payments through early, early September. So, you know, at that point, they will end in all states. But these 26 states are ending the payments, you know, two to three months early. So that's leaving a lot of money on the table and, um, you know, cutting off those workers from several weeks or many weeks of aid that they, they would have gotten if they were in different states. Has it been proven that being on aid like this would stop you from taking a job or working, or is this an assumption? Um, that's an assumption. I, I would say there's been, there have been economic studies that have looked at the data, and economists say there's no proof that people are, would rather take the aid um, instead of going to work. There might, of course, you know, there might be some people who are opting to do that, but, you know, I think most people I've talked to said, you know, we, we, I want to work but I can't find a job in my profession. Not everybody's a restaurant worker, yeah. right? Restaurants are really looking for, for workers right now. But, you know, I've talked with tech workers, hotel managers. They, they're saying, you know, we're the, my industry is just not hiring right now. Mm. And, you know, for them, if you're a tech worker, getting a job at a McDonald's or a restaurant, that's not going to help your long-term career. So, you know, quite rightly, they want to try to wait until they can find a job yeah. that meets their skills. Yeah, it's nuanced. It's not so simple. So to, to just think that, yeah, they're just doing that for this reason is uh, ridiculous. But thank you so much for being here. That was Amy Peaky, a business reporter with CBS Money Watch. Thank you. Thank you. Now coming up on the show, Hunter Biden is expanding his brand with an art show. He's an artist now. Critics, though, are skeptical. We'll tell you more about what he's creating. Now. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hunter Biden, President Biden's son, is preparing for his first solo art exhibit this fall. He is a painter, okay? Paintings of his are expected to go from uh, between $75,000 and $500,000. And buyers will remain anonymous. And a lot of, I guess, D.C. folks are saying that this is an ethical issue because people might be buying stuff that they're looking for, you know, trades, from the art, I guess, buying the art, <laughs> they're going to get something back. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's that much of an ethical issue. I could see how maybe people don't want the, like other people to know that they're buying from him because it is, it's kind of political because he's connected to the Is the ethical present. issue that buyers are anonymous? Yeah. And that also, I guess he's... Well, that does feel a little sketch. It is. Yeah, that's the ethical issue. I also understand if things are like, especially in auctions and stuff, sometimes when things are very high priced and um, cost a lot of money, the buyers do tend to be anonymous. That's true. So it's kind of like that's normally what goes on anyway. So this person who is being uh, quoted in this New York Post article said, because we don't know who's paying for this art, we don't know for sure that Hunt... What that Hunter Biden knows, we have no way of monitoring whether people are buying access to the White House. Like they're trying to get in with the White House through his art. No, are like trying to if he buys if they buy that that means they get intel or something or like totally uh, you know close conversation. I understand the un- I actually really do now that you're breaking it down. I get why there is issues surrounding it, especially because Hunter Biden there was a whole thing even though it wasn't really he wasn't involved and all that stuff had been debunked. But the Republicans were trying so hard to uh, kind of had the scandal attached to, you know, President Biden and his son. And so I, I get it of the, the the things of just trying to be careful moving forward. It's maybe. just timing wise, like, you know, you might want to, as a son, as a family member, be low key. But at the same time, he's living his life. Yeah, they're saying that foreign governments, lobbyists could buy the art through intermediaries 
in an effort to create favors. The thing is, they could do that anyway if you if it wasn't anonymous. So, yeah, I mean, at, at any rate, they could do that. And but listen, that's going to be anonymous. The bigger thing beyond the ethical issue is the fact that these are, you know, going for one almost half a million dollars, some of them. Secondly, a lot of people think, you know, are like, are just questioning him as an artist. But according to the curator, the person putting on this this art show and owns the gallery, Hunter's been working on his art and as an artist for years. And this is like a moment that has taken a a long time to get to. And actually, some of the pieces, and I checked them out, not that bad. I'm actually very impressed. Yeah, they're good. Uh, like they're good. Okay. Very abstract. Uh, they include fo- a photography, a poem that ties to his memoir, Beautiful Things. You could definitely, you get the vibe that these were created maybe uh, He's with recovering m- memories from, from uh, you know, it feels drug <laughs> induced. I'm just saying. I would not have said that. <laughs> Listen, because he's a recovering addict. I don't think maybe he could be tapping into his own, especially if it's. You know, I love. I I don't want. It's they're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) uh, so check this out. Check out his work. Do you think one Hunter Biden piece is really worth that much money? At LGT shows where you could find us on social media. Let us know what you think. But coming up, good news for those living with HIV. We've got those details next on what's trending this hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up, what it's like to attend a COVID safe sex party. That's in 30 minutes. I'm interested in knowing that. Uh, plus the truth behind poppers. You know, the FDA said that poppers were not safe because of lots of deaths. We have Dr. James Simmons joining us to tell us more about that at 425 p.m. Popper Pacific. Gate. It's popper 725 p.m. Eastern. You should start that. Hashtag Poppergate. Twitter. Tweet it up, Ryan. I'm pretty sure I'm not the first person to say that. All right. You never know. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. President Biden shared more today on the full U.S. troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. The United States did what we went to do in Afghanistan to get the terrorists to attack us on 9-11 and deliver justice to Osama bin Laden and to degrade the terrorist threat to keep Afghanistan from becoming a base from which attacks could be continued against the United States. We achieved those objectives. That's why we went. We did not go to Afghanistan to nation build. And it's the right and the responsibility of Afghan people alone to decide their future and how they want to run their country. Now, moving on, the lawyer who represented Stormy Daniels in lawsuits against former President Trump was given two and a half years in prison by a federal judge in a New York court. Avenatti was convicted for trying to extort more than $20 million from Nike in February 2020. He is currently awaiting two more federal criminal trials for allegedly defrauding clients in California and New York. This guy is not good news. One trial is set to begin next week, while the other will commence next year. And finally, a new study found that early death rates for Americans living with HIV are no longer different than from people who are HIV negative. The study conducted by researchers at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill analyzed death rates of approximately 83,000 adults between uh, who were treated for HIV between 1999 and 2017 and compared them to a group that was similar to them with people without HIV. And earlier this month, President Biden requested Congress to spend an additional $670 million on measures to fight HIV in the U.S., including access to PrEP and treatment. So that's all very good news today. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so you know all the jokes uh, about Nick Cannon and having all these damn kids. Mm-hmm. Well... He's finally speaking about it. Oh. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Let's play something fun. Okay, here we go. SOS because he's literally having so many kids and climate change. I can't stop thinking about it. Anyway, Nick Cannon has a one word, well, acronym for why he's had four kids with three different women in less than a year. And that acronym. Wait, what? Yes, girl. He's had so many kids. He's been the busiest person in 2021. I don't know who can top his schedule. Um, but uh, YOLO is the, the I don't know, his his uh, the acronym that he's kind of going with to describe his life right now. On his radio show, 
He said, I'm having these kids on purpose. I didn't have no accident. He goes on to say, I say YOLO. There it is. You only live once. <laughs> Just because you are, all right, you enjoy yes. yourself sexually, pleasure, great. <laughs> I, does that mean he was like planning on mini Nick Cannons in that? YOLO moment? I think he was. He said there's plenty of people that he's had sex with that he did not get pregnant. He's meant to get the people pregnant that he's wanted to get pregnant. I mean, mean, he has seven children, including Mariah Carey being his most famous baby mother. But my thing is, um, he has the funds to be... You know, pay for all it. Nick Cannon has a ton of money. Do you really want to be spending that much money on kids? No, Nick Cannon is like actually like rich, rich. Is it's he like, a billionaire? No, I don't think he's a billionaire, but he, he got a uh, you know he got a few hundred million. Okay, yeah, so he can afford it. Still, he just could. like, but can he? All right, he can afford it, but can he actually focus his time on each one? Like, well, we got to stay out his uh his testicles. I want to know this. because his testicles are busy, and um I, I you know I'm not going if he wants to have all these kids, go for it. Do what you want to do. I mean, but the tweets surrounding this have been quite hilarious. One person tweeted, Nick Cannon got more kids than recognizable songs. Another added, clearly the COVID-19 virus and Nick Cannon are competing to see who can create the most number of variants of themselves. (laughs) Which, that one's my favorite. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It, It feels a little strange that he wants to have all these kids. Seven is a big number. But maybe he's trying to be like in the next Cheaper by the Dozen movie. Or, like, start his own community. He already has one. Seven people is a lot. <laughs> I know. So My now uh, maybe he wants more people to work for him. I don't know. Let us know your thoughts at um, LGT Show. You know, is it bad that he wants to have all these kids? If you can afford them, would you have a ton of kids? I don't know. Or are you like me who thinks about climate change and things like, oh, my God, my kids are going to be alive when the end of the earth happens. Or thinks about their well-being and, like, will they have anyone taking care of them? Like, they'll just... They're going to have money. They're going to have trust funds. That's how people get messed up. Girl, that's not my responsibility because it ain't my kids. (laughs) Yeah, because then it... it That's done with that. We're done with the T-Report. We got more stories coming up next hour. A lot of sex happening in the show today. How are sex parties around the world changing in a post-COVID world? Uh, That's next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A new report from the LGBTQ Victory Institute, an organization that supports LGBTQ elected officials and political hopefuls, found that queer female candidates do better than gay men at the ballot box. How about that? Well, joining us right now is former Mayor Anise Parker, who's also the president and CEO of the LGBTQ Victory Fund. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be with you. So tell us more about this study and report. Quite interesting. 
victory looked at the last five years of candidate results more than a thousand candidates that uh, lgbtq candidates that we endorsed and our consistently over those five years our women candidates outperformed our male candidates by about 10 percent Wow! overall success rate 69 percent for uh, queer cisgender women 59 percent for queer cisgender men now we're we're an endorsing organization we look for the most viable candidates but then we cross-reference to see if we were endorsing a representative sample of the total population of out lgbt candidates and we are and so the message is more women need to run because more women will win Yes. And talk a a little bit about the unique barriers when it as an LGBTQ woman that can possibly pop up when deciding to run for office. Well, I mean, we face all of the same challenges that any woman running for office. There is absolutely sexism in campaigning and women tend to wait longer. They're choosier about uh, about races. They want to be more qualified. But Interestingly, that uh, may be why uh, they win at a higher rate, because they're more selective and they're more qualified. And uh, when they jump into a race, they're uh, they're better prepared for it than uh, some of our male candidates. But clearly, they they face the issues directed at women, and then they face, uh, you know, anti-LGBTQ bias. But there's a weird thing that, that, that goes on, and, and Victory's been endorsing candidates for 30 years, and, and we see it over and over again. People are desperate for authenticity, and there's some kind of dialogue where people say, you know, you're telling me something I don't approve of, that, that you're LGBT. You're probably going to be honest with me about everything, and I can respect that. And uh, that, that integrity, that authenticity resonates with, uh, with voters. Wow. Well, knowing that, then could you take some of those things and bring those tips to, and, and ways of being to other candidates who aren't necessarily queer female candidates? Well, we at Victory only work with LGBTQ candidates. Well, but yeah, we but the men, men or other folks you know, <laughs> who are under the LGBTQ umbrella. Yeah, but we have two specific programs. We have what we call our Empowerment Fellowship, which is a year-long mentorship program to help uh, BIPOC candidates and trans candidates be more successful in their races. And uh, we just are launching a new program to, to get more women from the, the queer community to, to run. It, too, will be a, a, you know, a year-long mentorship program where they go through the same candidate and campaign training we offer everyone, but they get uh, special mentorship and uh, connections to folks who can support campaigns, either through dollars or volunteerism, and be- connect them to senior elected officials who can uh, you know, help them demystify. We did a recent study, and we, we interviewed several hundred uh, women who would either run for office or were contemplating running for office. And there's a whole list of reasons that why women don't do it. And uh, one of the biggest ones is they're afraid. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of being attacked. They're afraid of the ugliness and, and, and violence that might be directed against them. And, And what we tell them is, okay, yeah, that's real. But what you're afraid of is worse in your head than, than, than what could be coming at you, and we can help you deal with it. Let's just get over and get out there, and, and maybe we can, we can push it back. You know, we, uh, we helped elect a non-binary black Muslim in Tulsa to the state house last year. We can elect candidates anywhere if they're the right candidate and they have the right message and they know how to put a good campaign together. Yeah. And I, I just I I can't wait for us to kind of achieve like this proportionate representation mm-hmm. when it comes to all of the community. Yeah. You know, I think that would be really nice to see, especially hearing and reading that the numbers are so low when it comes to non-binary and gender non-conforming folks. Right. I think that is something that um, you can be excited for, obviously, what we're seeing when it comes to queer women, but also be like, all right, how do we continue to make sure we achieve the equality across the board? 
And, and that's that's a matter of people have to get into the arena. As I as I said, helping elect uh, Marty Turner in Oklahoma is uh, was exciting. Helping elect Stephanie Byers as an indigenous trans woman in Kansas to the state house last year is exciting. We, if candidates are willing to step up and and put themselves out there, we're willing to to help teach them what they need to do to be successful. But somebody has to raise their hand and say, pick me, and be willing to put themselves through it. Now, interestingly, we've done a lot of research on the overall population of LGBTQ candidates, and it is much more diverse than the non-LGBT candidate pool. Who runs for office in America? Come on, this is not hard. White cisgender men. men. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, White cisgender men. And... uh, our candidates are something like 30% more diverse than the general candidate pool. The, the women, candidates of color, and, and they win proportionately. We just need more of us to, to run because right now, currently serving, they're just under 1,000 out LGBT elected officials, just you know, the current office holders. We, do a, we maintain a map called Out for America. If you do an internet search, you can find it, and it'll show you every known out LGBT elected official currently serving. But if if we're what what's the new number? What five point four percent of the population, something like that? We need to elect twenty eight thousand more people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, all of this is very encouraging that it's possible the when the work is done, right? And the Correct. Victory Institute definitely helps uh, guide those who are interested. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this. We hope to have you back. Happy to do it. And just one more time, when we run, we win. We have to get out there and run. Yes, snaps all around. If you could hear me, uh, that was former Mayor Anise Parker, who's also the president and CEO of the LGBTQ Victory Fund. Have a great rest of your day. No, oh, got it. Thank you. Now, coming up, we're switching gears as we do here. How are sex parties around the world changing in a post-COVID world? We're going to be talking more about that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So what's it like to attend a COVID-safe sex party? Well, our next guest did the hard work for all of us and joins us right now. Zachary Zane is a Brooklyn-based columnist, sex expert, and activist whose work focuses on sexuality, culture, and the LGBTQ community, everything we love talking about here on Channel Q. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So this is a juicy story. You wrote about your experience in the Daily Beast. First, how did you find a party to go to? Tell us about like the the journey towards going to a COVID safe sex party. Um. Well, so I was actually signed this by the Daily Beast editor. He reached out to me wanting me to write a piece because I cover sex parties and I write these first person experiential pieces. And I'd heard of chemistry for a while. They've been around for years, well before COVID. Um, I've been to a bunch of other uh, sex parties in New York, like NSFW, which is the New Society for Wellness, Hacienda, Playscapes. And those are like, you know, mixed gender sex parties. And I've then also just been to like gay sex parties, which are just like, um, yeah, which they're a GBU meet. There are a ton of them. So, I mean, this is kind of what I do. I write about sex. I'm a sex writer and uh, write about sex parties. So it made sense that he reached out to me. What a life. Yeah, you know, she's our resident ally straight girl, so she's not really familiar with, like, the gay sex parties that happened. It's true. It's true. I, no, that's true. It's very true. Um, but I, I think what's interesting is, especially as sex parties have kind of had to pivot and change with uh, sex clubs closing down, bathhouses closing down, all these things, now they're reopening again. What were some of the the kind of COVID safety protocols that you witnessed that were like, oh, this is new. This is something that's kind of a part of our, our new journey moving forward. Um, well, you have to be vaccinated. Um, I think there was also you could do a PCR test in like 48 hours before, but it couldn't be a rapid test. But nothing like the way the language was like then since you have to be vaccinated, they check for your vaccination either at the door or beforehand. And they're very strict about that. Um, and I guess that's kind of what we're moving into the era of like you can go if you're vaccinated. If not, you can't go. And at that point, it's I don't want to say free for all, but like. But those are the precautions set in place at this point. Is there a hand sanitizer yeah, I was everywhere? Say, is that everywhere? Hand sanitizer and lube? 
Uh, yes. And, and honestly, the hand sanitizer and lube, like, uh, before COVID. I, I feel like that was always okay. a sex party uh, thing to have around there. Yeah. I'm so, I get so embarrassed. It's you like, know what? Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm here. I will ask the questions. Of course uh, there's a lube at a sex party. I was just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I guess inside, nothing really changed that much? Um, honestly, it was more just the, the attendance of people who were there. Because mm. everyone I spoke to either, it's like half of the people it was their first time, half of which they'd be coming forever except for, you know, the mandated hiatus from COVID and all that stuff. And I think you're just seeing a lot more newbies. Mm. I think people who always like thought about going to a sex party and like at that point they're like you know what i'm not gonna pull the trigger yet i'm a little worried i don't know if this is for me and my partner but then at this point like after whatever it is a year and a half of uh, isolation or whatever it is like you know what yolo for lack of better words but just being like yeah i'm gonna do this so i think you're just seeing a new group of people Again, these aren't people who were, like, initially reclusive or had no interest beforehand. It's just a lot to think, you know, you want to go to a sex party and then make those steps to do it. It seems like now people are like, I'm doing it. Like, you only live once. I've always wanted to do this. Let's do this now. Yeah, and I always thought about this, and we've had conversations on the show about kind of the return to, you know, society and the awkwardness that might happen. Mm -hmm. I could only imagine, um, for me, I don't want to project, but in the sense of, like, going back into that space, even if you you're used to it, or even if you had the idea of wanting to always go, it could be a little bit awkward. The interactions of trying to be like, okay, so who makes the first move first? How does awkwardness play into that situation? Did you see that? Did you witness? Um, again, I think that's not even necessarily COVID related. I definitely think people are going out and socializing for the first time. And I read all these articles about being like, did you forget how to socialize? And it's like. Eh. Not really. You know what I mean? We're still talking <laughs> yeah. and doing stuff. Like, I, I know how to make conversations still. It's not like, I really think it's like riding a bike. You don't forget, uh, like, how to talk to people. Um, but I think there, there's always just a slight awkwardness at sex parties, especially if you're a newbie. And there's, I've seen some, some like, things been misconstrued where someone's awkwardness is taken as, like, standoffishness. When I'm like, no, they're just nervous and anxious. Mm. It's not that they don't like you, whatever it is. So I think there's always a little element of awkwardness um, just to any sex party in general if you are new to that space and you're not familiar with it. But, like, I, honestly, it's easier to talk to people there than anywhere else. It'll be like, hey, uh, how's your night going? Uh, have you been here before? Like, that's all you – you don't need, like, a corny pickup line or everything. Everyone's there to meet people and make friends. And just quickly, um, uh, yeah. I, uh, before we wrap, how can people find is, – is there, like, a site to find uh, sex parties that are around or anything? A WhatsApp uh, group chat? There is that site that lists all the gay sex parties, and I can't remember what it's called. Oh. Uh, but there is something that does that. I'm sure there must be a site. Or, how I mean, do you, or honestly, just follow you on Instagram. Honestly, follow me on Instagram, <laughs> and I can I'll let you know where all the sex parties are happening all the time. That's all I'm doing these days. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for being with us. That was Zachary Zane, a Brooklyn-based columnist, sex expert, activist. Uh, we hope to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. Love that. I love that conversation. Now, coming up, would you fly to another state or country for a first date? This one woman's first date adventure is going viral. What went down next? Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Would you fly across the world for a first date? Maybe. That's pretty romantic. It is. Well, this is what this couple did. They met on Twitter. Uh, This cute couple, these two women, they were in college. And, you know, after a lot of back and forth, they started messaging each other, doing the long distance thing. Their first date ended up happening um, 
this one woman, Sarah, decided to travel to the UK for a vacation from Australia to meet the love of her life. Okay. And it was a leap of faith. So, with that said, would you are you the type of person that would take a leap of faith? I mean, are you I, about to say you don't think I'm the type of person to take a leap of faith? That's what I'm not it sounded like. That. It sounded like she was about to be like, you don't seem like the type of person that would take a leap of faith. Here's the thing about Ryan is like I believe Ryan is a is lover full boy. Of sh- is a lover and he's a romantic and he pretends that he's not to protect himself and then the minute if you met someone online and you you know it was working it was flowing in the right way for you I think that you would jump on a plane to meet that person. First of all, y'all have heard plenty of stories. You and Vanessa both in this room where I've talked about and been so excited and possibly blind about boys. So, yes, it's true. It's very true. I, I do kind of get whisked into it. But um, I don't know. I feel like I would do it. it that's all, To be honest, it seems like I'm a practical thinker. That would be scary to be like, I'm just going to drop everything and go across the country. I would have to be in a place where it's like, um, like Queen Latifah's last holiday. I just found out I was dying and I'm just going to spend all my savings and make the most of my life. It has to be like that. Well... Well, she didn't end up dying, by the way. Plot twist, if you haven't seen the movie. Spoiler alert. Um, she just found out, oh, I need to spend... My, I hope my that it doesn't alert. take that for you to do things like this. Yeah, but, I mean, who's pay- Actually, who's, pay? who's paying for it? Who's paying for the ticket? Is he, if, they ask, <laughs> if they're asking me on the first date, that goes with the rules. If you want to be extravagant, just like you're paying for dinner, hey. you're paying for the ticket out there. Okay, I well, would assume, right? Now, whoever's listening knows how this goes. Knows what saying, I would well, we want to congratulate Laura and Sarah, who actually ended up getting married. Oh, you're a lesbian? Yes. Oh, I said like a very two women. lesbian thing to do. Yep. They probably moved into each other with each other as well. <laughs> well we, as soon uh, as that happened, they got married and was just like, all right. We can have them on to talk about how it all went down in the timeline. No, I already know. I just told you the story. Okay. Well, love that CNN Travel covered the story and profiled the two of them and their love. Would you go on a first date from just meeting someone over social media? I feel like that's the way things happen these days. At LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. But coming up next, we've got... What's trending this hour? An update from the Olympics and whether you can be a spectator. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about the popper situation because the FDA said that they are no longer safe. Have they ever been safe? And they warned against using them. So what does the future of poppers hold and can you use them safely? Dr. James Simmons joins us for that in 15 minutes. Yeah, poppers. I mean, it's a popademic. <laughs> oh, that's another one. <laughs> Poppergate, popademic, popocopolis, Okay. Like popper copper. Yeah. No, I can't. I see what it's you're like trying to do. Yeah. All right. A pop explode? No, that's not going to work either. Uh, well, that and we've got some news on Andrew Cuomo's daughter. And her coming out in the T-Report in a moment. I've only used poppers once, and it was actually here in the studio. Okay, let's move on to someone. It was. With, uh, uh, S- someone who's no co-worker longer Co-worker of mine. He um, he knew he knew I didn't try poppers. And he was like, you want to try them? And he went to his car and grabbed them. We tried it in, in between music breaks. So and, normalized. And you had no clue. You know. Had no clue. I was poppered up on there. That's how Ron <laughs> brings in the... the you know, the, the excitement of the show. You never know what's happening during the breaks. No, it, it was, but I didn't really like it. And I don't understand why people do it, but, you know. Well, let's talk more about with Dr. James. Let's get into some what's training this hour right now. VP Kamala Harris sounded off on recent restrictive GOP voting laws. Here's what she had to share. We are going to assemble the largest voter protection team we have ever had to ensure to ensure that all Americans can vote and have your vote counted in a fair and transparent process. And again, I want to make clear that this is about all voters. It's about all voters. This is not about Democrats or Republicans. This is about Americans. Let's be clear about that. And who is prepared right now to stand up for what we say are some of our fundamental values, some of the fundamental pillars 
to a democracy, to our democracy. That's what this is about. Yes, Kamala. I love the passion and energy right there. Uh, and before we get into, well, we're going to get into what's the tea or the tea report right now. Stick around because we're going to tell you more about the Olympics and the whole rule around spectators. The next what's trending this hour. Okay, so is it my turn? Yep. No, you didn't say what you threw me say. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Thank you. You know, after publicly coming out as queer in early June for Pride Month, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's daughter, Michaela Cuomo, just opened up more about her sexual orientation and identity further. I love it. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. I'm trying to find the clip. Here we go. Um, on Instagram Live, she was being interviewed, and here she is speaking about why she felt it was important to be vulnerable um, and come out publicly. Uh, sorry, I think we disconnected. But what inspired me to share more openly on Instagram was the realization that feeling alone or misunderstood is the challenge that we all contend with and is what connects us to one another. So sharing what has made me feel alienated, I realized would help those who are in a similar place to one that I've been and would help me connect to courageous, authentic people in my own life. She also went on to talk about how she identified uh, saying this, and I've recently learned more about demisexuality hmm. and have believed that that identity resonates with me the most. If you're not sure what a demisexual person is, it's someone who experiences sexual attraction with another person after they formed a strong emotional connection to them. So demisexuals can be any orientation, including gay, straight, bisexual, or pansexual. And um, yeah, that. It's very interesting because I don't know if that just kind of passed under the radar. I had no clue Andrew Cuomo's daughter came out. We, yeah, when it happened, we did talk about it here, I remember. Wow. But who knows? In one ear and out the other with me. Um, But that's your tea report. I got more coming up next hour. Well, coming up on the show, how to use poppers safely. Can you even do that? Dr. James Simmons has those answers for us after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The FDA has issued a warning about the use of poppers, advising that they can have serious adverse health effects, even death. And back with us is... I just want to put more popper music on. I feel like this this is the time of music. The aunt, aunt music is what you, you do okay, on the dance right. when using poppers. Well, Dr. James Simmons is back with us, who's our favorite medical contributor on Channel Q and fill-in host. Thanks for being here. Why, thank you so much for the compliments and glad to be here. So, Dr. James, what's up with this new information around poppers? Like, are, why are we seeing this increase in hospitalizations and deaths? What's Smells happening? Smells homophobic to me. Yeah, you're on to something there, Mr. <laughs> Ryan. You're so darn smart, but we all knew that. So, a little homophobic, and listen, this is not, well, let me back it up a little bit. So, the FDA announced, very, they sent out a tweet a couple of days ago that has caused this sort of furor. I feel like the last 24, 48 hours of my life have been, like, all about poppers, which is great. Okay. We need to talk about this. But they, what, I mean, hey, what they warned was, uh, you know, don't buy poppers. They're bad for you. They can cause really adverse um, health issues including death. And that is very true. That's something that we have known for a while. But what's interesting about this is that this is not the first time that the FDA has sort of spoke about poppers, which for those listening who don't know what these are, poppers are, that's the slang term or the street term for alkyl nitrites. And these are usually in liquid form. They're typically inhaled through the nose. And They are involuntary smooth muscle dilators, so they relax smooth muscle in your body. So if you're talking about sex, that's really great because a couple of the places where there's lots of smooth muscle that can be relaxed and have increased blood flow is like your anus and vagina. Mm. So people not only get increased pleasure from using poppers, but they also can... Uh, if receptive anal sex is painful for you, it can help it be less painful. So lots of people use these during sex. The problem is when you use poppers during sex in combination with a myriad of other things. So if you have high blood pressure, diabetes, coronary artery disease, alcohol, other drugs, and very specifically drugs like Viagra and Cialis, 
it can cause very, very dangerous drops in your blood pressure, and it can cause some very, very dangerous side effects that have been reported to be lethal for mm. some people. Well, here's wow. the thing, and I thought was really interesting is like kind of I feel like there's a new group of people um, kind of using poppers are just for like club effects and they're just going to the club and they're just having too much and instead of kind of using it for what it was intended to and in, in the sense of like what you just kind of explained so is do you think that's really why there's so many incidents happening because people are just irresponsibly using them at this point i'm not sure that there is so i guess i have to be completely transparent i'm not sure that there is enough data to say there's this massive spike in use of poppers what the fda did announce along with this tweet is that they're starting to track adverse events from the use of poppers because they're seeing an uptick in adverse events from use of poppers now does that mean that more people are using poppers it's hard to say but logically that makes sense right so what they're saying is we're seeing people even just dancing in the clubs like Okay, everyone's back. It's yay, hot girl summer in some parts of the world and the country. COVID is not as much of an issue anymore. So people are going back out. People are dancing. People mm. are going to clubs. And they're inhaling poppers on the dance floor or while they're at sex parties or while they're at, you know, backyard pool parties, whatever. Because you get this sort of momentary, lasts about a minute or two, rush, like head rush. And that is kind of like a high and if you're already a little bit euphoric from a sex situation, a party situation, whatever, or drugs and alcohol, and then you add to that, it can be really, really, really intense for some folks. Other folks have really bad reactions to it. It causes headaches, like they vomit, whatever. Oh. But so I think what they're saying is we're starting to track adverse events from this because we're seeing that people are using poppers in what could be an irresponsible way or mixing it with drugs or alcohol, and they're dying from it. So we're going to track this now, which is what's caused this sort of social media pure in the last couple of days. So don't do that. That's what you're saying. Out of all of this. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a harm reduction person. So I, me coming on the radio here, or, you know, I did a video earlier today on my social media about poppers. Lots of people have been asking about this. Me sit, coming on the radio and saying, as a medical professional, don't do poppers, because that's my recommendation, is not going to stop people from doing poppers. Let's be honest. True. But, so from a harm reduction standpoint and to Ryan's point, which we actually really haven't gotten to, part of the reason we don't know as much about alkyl nitrates and how they work in the body in relation to sex, maybe even drugs and alcohol, things like that is baked in queer phobia into the healthcare system, right? No one's actually done the research about these things. So we have to lean on a conservative side and say, A, don't do them. And B, if you're already taking a medication, particularly like Viagra or Cialis, that's already dropping your blood pressure, don't add poppers to it, which can drop your blood pressure to a lethal point. It can kill you. And we do see this. But we know that people are going to do them. So if you are doing them, again, don't mix them with illicit drugs, marijuana, alcohol, your high blood pressure medication. Don't do them if you have high blood pressure. And for heaven's sake, please, God on earth, do not mix poppers ever with like Cialis or Viagra or any other medications that are known to drop your blood pressure. Got it. Well, that was Dr. James Simmons. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, y'all. Yeah, giving us all this wisdom. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah. As queen. This one goes to a new preschooler animated show on Netflix called Ridley Jones. By the way, that's two words, Ridley Jones. It sounded like I was saying Ridley Jones. It follows a six-year-old who lives at a natural history museum, and on the show, Ridley meets a talking bison named Fred, whose experience with gender is sure to bring children a much-needed role model. Here's a clip. Your fan ruined my fur! Sorry, Fred. It just makes me feel like a glorious winged eagle soaring through the clouds. Dodo birds can't fly. <laughs> Not with that attitude, they can't. Is Fred a she or a he? I don't know. They're just a Fred. Cool. Come on. We'll give. Now, I love this. And actually, the show was created by Chris Nee, 
who uh, I went on a big trip with, and she's like a friend of mine, so I feel honored because she's a rock star. She previously made Doc McStuffins, and she told the Associated Press that she was inspired by her love of classic 80s movies like Star Wars, The Goonies, and Indiana Jones, and Coming Up with Ridley. And she was determined to push the boundaries of representation with the inclusion of Fred in the show. She's also working on like some other major shows for Netflix because she has a de- development deal there. She's working on the Obama's shows, and she's just a rock star, and also in the community. We love to see it. She's creating change in the animated space, and this is, like, so cute. So if you got kids, this is the show you should be watching. Or, you know, some adults like watching these types of shows, too. So just saying, you're welcome. And that does it for our Yes Queen of the Day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. And our show today. But we are back tomorrow, wrapping up the week live here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Live on tomorrow's show, some of the topics we're getting into include cultural appropriation. What's the difference between that and cultural appreciation? Plus, why you wonder if people secretly hate you and you're not alone. That's tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. And stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris after this, where he's covering outgrowing friendships. That's next. Boom. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.